Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedian, founder and CEO of Dedian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Dedian, and today we have Anne Hill. She is a certified director of operations. She helps overwhelmed service-based owners with having more time. Anne, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being on the show. I am really excited to dive into your expertise, your knowledge when it comes to growing companies, delegating, and most importantly, teaching entrepreneurs and CEOs how to have more time, how to be more fulfilled and less overwhelmed. But before diving into all that, I gave a small description of who you are. And can you unpack that a bit more and tell us who you are, what are you doing, and so on? Yeah. So as you said, I am a certified director of operations. I own Hilltop Operations and Consulting and Um, We like to dive into the back end of businesses. Basically, we look at the businesses and really can give an external perspective. Um, We're not so close to it, but we still are very invested in it just as the business owner is. So we work with clients on an ongoing basis um, and really dive in and help with that management level that um, I've found that a lot of business owners are not necessarily the best at. They didn't sign up to manage. They signed up to either run a business. They signed up for for the technical aspect of what they specialize in and what they're good at, um, but they didn't necessarily sign up to run a business, like to manage a team and and the, the parts that go with the back end of the business. So that's where we like to dive in and help with that sort of stuff. Okay, and I, we're gonna geek out on this conversation because. <laughs> Everything you're saying is legit what I do on executive one-on-one coaching or group coaching because I work with CEOs that have started succeeding and they're hitting a plateau trying to go to that next level. And usually it's when they go from solopreneur to entrepreneur to a CEO and then they start having employees and they're like, wait a minute, I have to deal with other people's emotions. Yeah, oh, yeah. If they don't work the same <laughs> way I do. Oh, how do I communicate with them? I'm saying this, I understand it, but they're not. And there's this disconnect with people when they go to these levels of like, oh, wait a minute, there's so much more than just understanding the business. You have to understand human behavior. So before diving into all this, Anne, how did you get into this? Were you in the corporate world? How did you pick up in all these cues? How, how, what was your background like? Yeah. So I, um, in all honesty, never desired to be an entrepreneur. I, um, came out of school and originally, you know, did, did that typical route where you go, you know, high school, college, I went on for a master's degree. I, uh, my background is in physical therapy Um, And I found that when I was doing my degree and after getting in and working with clients and working with patients a little bit, um, I really enjoyed the management side of things. So I became a rehab manager and about the last 10 years of that um, career, I was in that management role and it phased out of the treatment side and a lot more into the management side. And with that, I was, you know, I was running our department and in the corporate world that um, my business or that our our company was at, um, you know, it was a a national company. And um, they, even though I was just seeing overseeing the department, like there still is a lot of aspects of that, that 
are similar to, you know, small businesses. Like I still had a team. I had to manage the team. We had to look at our productivity. We had to run our numbers and make sure that we were, you know, meeting budget and those sort of things. So um, there was a lot of things that I started to see in what I was doing um, there. And then when I went into the online space, I started to realize, oh, like my management background and everything that I did and growing our team and, and making sure we were productive and efficient, those things are still needed. It's not with treating patients, it's with running a business. Um, but that back end is very needed still. Um, and, and it makes sense as to why, you know, that solid structure and um, foundation that corporations have, they have them for a reason. And so whether it is, you know, a, a business that's 5,000 people or a business that's five people, or even a business that's one person, that foundational structure is still the same. It's just, um, you know, different depths of how many people you have there helping take care of it all. 100%. So I love that explanation of the background, because like you said, that's what I was assuming that you had like this experience with the management, and then you realize, okay, how it works. And then once going into the entrepreneur world, you're like, okay, there's a lot of disconnect from those entrepreneurs that are going into that world and understanding the management side. So because our listeners are highly entrepreneurs, and that's the community that we serve over here, what are some of the biggest not misconceptions, but potholes that you think entrepreneurs fall into when it comes to growing their business and management. And once you name them, what are certain solutions that we could look towards so we won't fall in these potential potholes or blind spots, essentially? Yeah, so that's a great question. I, I think one aspect of it is really um, understanding their numbers, not necessarily just knowing what they are, but understanding what it means. And it's not that the, the business owner needs to be the one diving into it all and doing the analysis, but, but they need to have people that they trust and people that they partner with that can help them get a better understanding of what it all means. Um, because definitely in a business, making sure, especially as you're growing a team, that you have profit margins, that you're actually getting paid yourself, and that you're able to continue to cover the expenses and costs operationally and able to cover the expenses of the business are huge. Um, and I find that, especially in the online space, I find that people kind of shy away from understanding what the numbers are. They, they don't have necessarily as much of the overhead costs that brick and mortars do. And so I think sometimes they shy away from actually knowing what is going on and understanding what the numbers mean that they're looking at um, and that people are telling them. Okay. That is so interesting. You just highlighted a point because I was going to ask you a question, but you answered there, but I do want to unpack it a bit more. Why is it that entrepreneurs shy away to find out what exactly their amounts are for their overhead and their payments and so on and so forth? And you did allude to the aspect of like the online world because their overhead is not as predominant as imagine you have, a, like you said, a store that costs you $10,000 per month to have that physical store in rent, you're going to know so much more than numbers. So why do you think the entrepreneurs right now that are living it are not looking at that, even though it is lower? And what do you do to switch that mindset or to put them towards getting that in order? Is it like using great applications such as QuickBooks? Is it getting an accounting, a bookkeeper? What would you suggest in that regard? Um, so one suggestion definitely is to have, like I said, those trusted partners that you can be working mm -hmm. with. So whether it's a bookkeeper, an accountant, um, but someone that you truly feel has an understanding of what your business currently looks like, but also where you're trying to go in your business. So one of the things I'll do with the, the clients that I work with is we'll dive into that real vision of what they're trying to get to, not only just in general, you know, that five-year plan, but okay, this year, this, these next six mm -hmm. months, where, where are the goals that we're trying to get to here? 
what are the, the metrics that we need to make sure we're measuring to help us get there? Um, and those, those KPIs that we need to be looking at, but then I will have those conversations with the bookkeeper or the accountant also saying, okay, what are you guys seeing numbers wise? And how can we essentially fill the gap here? How can we make sure that we stay on track? How can we make sure that we're getting to that next point that we're trying to meet that next target, that next goal, um, so that the business continues to grow, but it grows in a strategic way and it, it grows in an efficient way for the business. Okay. I love that. So essentially it comes down to just being aware, not only that connecting the dots between the bookkeepers and the entrepreneur that liaison or whatever. So you could always have that ideology and instead of putting your target and your goal and essentially working towards in a strategic way. I love yeah. that aspect. And, and you did mention, or actually I mentioned it, but uh, in your bios uh, that you help the entrepreneurs when it comes to overwhelm. So now, yeah. obviously, we talked about the financial side of things. How do you go about helping entrepreneurs that have started and, like I said, became CEOs when it comes to their overwhelm? What are certain techniques? How do you spot that out? What do you teach them? So one of those things that we will look at when we're working with the business is um, really looking at not only the, the numbers when it comes to like those business metrics, but also looking at the numbers. Um, there's an analysis that we'll go through that's looking at um, the time, what is the, what do they want their schedule to look like? How much time are they spending in their business? We'll look also at, you know, stress levels and seeing that, you know, there, there's specific scales and different ratings that will go with it, but we look at that and we then say, okay, from, you know, we start with you here and, and we talk about how much time, how much, how much do you want to invest in your business with regard to, to that side What's the quality, essentially quality of life that you want to have outside of business? Um, and we essentially take that and put an, a, a number to it. Once we take those scores, we can then look monthly and quarterly at how are we doing at meeting these metrics and how are we making sure that we are helping the business owner when we're working with them, not add more stress to them, but start taking things off their plate so that they can have less of that overwhelm. And also um, one thing that I really... I guess, um, pride myself in, in, in my business and is making sure that when we start with a business owner and we always do this initial like brain dump or what are the, the 50 things, the hundred things that you have going on in your mind, um, we'll get that initial brain dump. And then after we get that brain dump, we prioritize it all. And my real big goal out of that is really to help them start to see a roadmap, see that things are going to start coming off of their plate and see that there is a goal that's going to help them get to the point that they want to get to. Um, so knowing that they can partner with us and knowing that they can um, lean on us to be able to help them not have so much stress in their business and in their life is really what we're focusing on. Okay. So I love that. So by getting obviously your consulting business, it diminishes certain stress because you're just taking like stuff off their plate. So it, it gives them some time, but you did mention as well, that you have a moment with the CEO to look at Hey, what, how much do you want to work? How much do you want to work life balance and so on? Now, if a CEO comes to you and you'd be like, you know what? I want to work 90% of the time. Let's call it 80 hours a week. What do you say in that situation? Knowing that 80 hours a week is not sustainable, not probably healthy for a work life balance. Imagine that's the balance they want. What would you say in that regards? I would be talking with them about really what their goal is and what their outcome that they're expecting out of working 80 hours a week. And looking at it and seeing, is this, again, like you said, is this sustainable long-term um, or is this something where maybe for a few weeks, maybe for a few months, maybe for a quarter, because you want to get to a certain point by a certain time frame, it might be, you might feel that it's needed more. 
um, then maybe temporarily we could look at that. But I would really emphasize that long-term, that's not a sustainable way to grow a healthy business. Okay. I love that. I love that, that you have that approach and that awareness. Like you said, sometimes you have to do sprints within the marathon. And if that is the case, because I don't know, there's product coming out, there's an end of the quarter, something's hitting the fan, like something's happening. Fine. We get that. But the reality is there's so many studies that show any hours that you do more than 55 hours a week, the additional hours are actually not at all creative inducive or even productive from just actually taking a step back from the business and just doing your life and all that and coming back to the next 55 hours a week and being solid at it. So I love that approach. Uh, and in that regards, and talk to me a bit about delegating, because I do know that this is some of your main work when it comes to, like I said, if you want to take out stress and you're building a business, you're going to have to learn how to delegate. And a lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs have a hard time of letting go. So what do you teach about delegation? <laughs> how do you go about it? What kind of like two cents can you give us and teach us about delegation? Yeah, I would say there's two key parts to delegating and delegating effectively. Number one is um, having a mindset that um, is open to the idea of delegating. Mm -hmm. um, I find that that's really the first barrier that we have to get over when we're looking to delegate in our business is that, um, that okay, somebody is able to come in and do this and do it well. Even if it's not specifically the way that I might do it, they're able to still accomplish what it is that we're trying to get to here. So the first part is truly the business owner being open to the idea and the concept of delegating. Um, and then the second part of it is, is as you're delegating things to really look at delegating the outcome of it more so than delegating the specific task of step one, step two, step three, step four, but knowing that, okay, was my email, did my email inbox go down to zero or did my email inbox get the attention that it needed today versus did they go in and respond to this email this way and this email this way and this email this way but really giving more of the understanding of when you're delegating that task for it to be, what is the outcome I wanna get out of this? And is that being met? If that's not being met, then yeah, let's start to backtrack a little bit more and see how we need to mold it a little differently and give more guidance with it. Um, but if, if the person that you're delegating to is after training, now that's not gonna be an immediate thing, but after doing some training with them, if they are effectively doing what it is that you've asked them, let them have that decision-making capability, let them have that, um, essentially that ownership of that task so that they can do it and do it the way that they are doing it and still getting you the same outcome out of it. Yeah. I, I love that. That's something that I unpack, which I correlated to not being like a helicopter parent, you know, that right, parent that's yeah. just over the kid and it's like, don't do this, don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, at a certain point, you have to kind of let the kid do its thing, hit the wall, fall down and learn from it and there be there as a supporter. But if you're a boss that's over somebody that kills creativity, that kills confidence and so on and so forth. So you do have to take a step back and let your employee take the reins and maybe make him feel like this project is his or hers. And once they're involved with it, they're going to be so much more passionate and you're always there supporting and you're always there checking in throughout the process to see right. if you need to guide them towards the right direction if it is going off the tracks or whatever the case is. So I do love that approach. And once you teach it in that way, do you feel like the, the entrepreneurs or the CEOs kind of open up to the idea more? Is it still uh, something difficult to implement or it's like uh, it gets pretty smoothly implemented within the businesses? Uh, that depends on the business owner. <laughs> that comes okay. back to a little bit of the mindset side um, and making sure that they really are open to that idea of delegating and really starting to see that, that someone else can 
be in your business and somebody else can still have that desire um, to help you meet your goals and help you get to where you want to be and help your business succeed in the way you're wanting it to. I love that. And, and as you are in this business and one of the things that you wanted to kind of mention, one of the things that you help uh, uh, these teams do and these companies do is grow their team. So let's take a few minutes within that because growing a team is extremely fun. It's exciting. (laughs) It's nerve wracking. And let me highlight, it can be detrimental slash dangerous if you do it wrong. Right. And any like company, once again, if I allude back to a kid, there's your infancy phase, then there's your teenager years where you're growing, which you're very awkward in a sense, you long arms, the thing it's not coordinated, yeah. then you become <laughs> mature and you have this well-oiled machine that's doing their thing, right? So now how do you go about teaching teams to grow? Is it over a long period of time? What happens when teams grow too fast and they crash? Talk to us about the growth process and how you go about teaching your CEOs to grow their business in a sustainable way. So again, part of it comes down to the the financial side and having an understanding of of what you can afford, what you can't afford. Um, Another part of it comes down to looking at um, the different options of how you can bring on team members. They can be contractors, they could be part-time employees, they could be full-time employees. So one uh, concept that a lot of business owners right off the bat will look at is they'll be like, oh, somebody needs to come into my business full-time, 40 hours a week, and this is what I need to be able to afford to pay them. Um, And then there's that panic of, I can't do that yet. There's no way I can handle that. Um, and so it's, it's having those conversations, first of all, of, okay, well, they don't necessarily have to be there 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be a full-time role right off the bat. It can be part-time. It could be an employee. It could be a contractor. So there are options there to consider and to look at and see what makes the most sense for the business at that point in time. Um, that being said, though, I think it is really key and critical to look at making that right hire Um, And being open to them on if you have the intention of converting them to a full-time employee at some point with growth or not, um, if their intention is always to be a contractor and your intention is to potentially hire them full-time, then that's going to be an issue. And and so you want to be open with them that, that yes, you know, maybe I'm starting off with 10 hours a week and I want to um, grow this. And over the next 90 days, we may be looking at a part-time employee, or we might be looking at a Mm full-time employee. Um, but you know, having those conversations right at the beginning and making sure that everybody's aware of what the expectation is, is, is huge. Um, along those same lines too, it's making sure that you as a business owner have a good understanding of what your vision is that you can express that to prospective team members, uh, whether they're contractors or whether they're employees. And then also that you have a good understanding of what your values are for your business and that you can make sure that there's a good cultural alignment with everybody you're bringing onto your team. Um, that's probably the biggest issue that I see when people uh, just aren't communicating what it is that their business stands for versus what somebody else may stand for in, in trying to bring them on to the team. And it's just not a good fit. Um, so those are some of the key aspects just right off the bat when you're looking to hire someone. I love that. And I'm going to highlight a couple of them. So our listeners and our viewers can really <laughs> get what you just said over there. This is things that I really dive in deep as well with my uh, executive uh, coaching clients. And it's really understanding, first and foremost, what is your mission and vision? And you alluded to it as well as your value. As you know this as the owner, as the CEO, then you'll be able to attract the right people that have the same mission and vision as you that are going to play a different role within the organization. So I love that approach in itself. Furthermore, you did mention set your intention. I love that. So if you're starting off like, hey, I'm getting you as a contractor and let's see how it goes. And then after a little while, like, you know what? I really like how you're working. 
And I do see you getting a role within the company, potentially as a part-time, then full-time and so on and so forth. So setting that intention with the people that you're hiring around to really see how they fit and grow within the company. So I love that approach and kind of takes it step-by-step step as you're really targeted with your mission and vision when you're growing on that end. Uh, so, and it, it's obvious that you know yourself when it comes to business and so on and so forth. And I wanted to kind of allude to and really highlight one part, which this show is called the Peak Performance Greatness Show. And my question to you is, what do you do on a daily basis when it comes to your rituals, your habits, your methodology to really be performing at a high level consistently so you can show up for your customers and your clients the way that you need to show up every day? I would say over the last, um, I would say maybe the last year, I really have um, restructured my day and restructured um, my essentially ideal calendar for when I am taking the time away from business and not just focusing on business. When you work from home, um, especially, it's sometimes challenging for people, especially when you're first starting and you're growing, mm -hmm. it's challenging for you to understand that there is the ability to turn it off. There is the ability for you yeah. to step away and not you know, check your phone, not check your email um, and let, let someone wait till the next day for a response to something if, if that is, um, still appropriate, you know? And so setting some of those boundaries myself in my own business, um, so that when I do have, you know, my kids, I do have two, two boys. And, um, when they're at home that, that I'm able to be present with them, that I'm able to give them the time, um, when they're awake and at home after school, that I'm able to participate in their activities. One of them specifically plays baseball and, um, we're in the thick of it with baseball season at the moment. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a, a full-time sport in and of itself, um, at the moment. So, um, so, you know, I, I definitely had to set boundaries and set expectations with the clients that I was working with on when they would expect to hear from me, when they would not be hearing mm -hmm. from me and, and really building in those buffers of I'm not ignoring you. It's just from the, this hour to this hour, I'm not, I'm going to be away. I'm not going to be present with work stuff. I'm going to be doing personal things at that time. Um, and thus far, the clients that I have worked with have been completely understandable or understand that concept and, and, you know, value that as well. So, um, which is why I like working with them. So <laughs> we have similar values. <laughs> so. I, I love that. Anne. And, you know, everything you just said over there comes to two things. First of all, structuring your agenda and second of all, setting your intention. So right off the bat, when you sign or work start working with a new client, you're like, hey, these are my working hours from nine to five, Monday to, to Friday. And that's when you could reach me. If there's anything SOS, fine, we could reach on the other times. But if you ever email or call any other time, I will get back to you on X amount of time or whenever the day is. Once the people know ahead of time, then they'll be so much more comfortable and will respect your agenda. And when it comes to respecting agenda is you have to respect your own agenda by doing things like that. So people can know, because we're human beings, right? You could take a day off. You could take two days off, which you should on the weekends and so on and so forth to be yeah. effective when you're working. And then you schedule whenever it is on the weekends or weekdays. So I love the fact that you use that as a performance tool, highly, highly suggested to anybody that's listening. Uh, I have a couple of last questions over here before I, I let you go uh, in this regard. And my next question is, obviously, like we said, it is obvious that you are successful. And we've been talking about your victories, your successes, your knowledge, everything that you're doing within your business. And there's a lot to learn from that. And there's a lot of things that we just got from this conversation. But we don't only learn from your successes. We also learn from failures. And in fact, we learn probably more from failures than anything else. So my question to you is, 
what is something that you're struggling with within your business right now? How do you look at it? And what are you going to do to try to fix it? So what's the thing that you're having the most difficulty with within a business? And how are you going to approach it to try to fix it? So one of my um, areas that I would say always seems to be a little bit of a, a challenge and a struggle in my business is um, on that marketing side of things. Mm. I, I definitely enjoy the systems, the structure and the back end of businesses. So, you know, really putting myself at the forefront and, and putting me as the, the business owner and as the CEO in the forefront um, has always been a little bit of a challenge in my own business because I'm used to being that one behind the scenes with my clients. I'm used to being that one that I'm their, you know, strategic partner that they're having those conversations with and bouncing ideas off of, but they're the ones with the ideas. And then they're coming to me and saying, is this possible? Is this not possible? And then I'm breaking it down and we're figuring out, does this make sense or not? So, you know, we're partnering with it, but they're typically more of that visionary. Um, and I, um, would say that's always been a little bit of a struggle in, in my businesses. Um, putting myself in that a little bit more of that visionary seat um, in my business and in that CEO seat in my business um, and having my team help be more of that strategic partner for me instead of, <laughs> instead okay. of me being that person. So, <laughs> so, okay. I, I love that awareness once again, and we did say that word quite often in this podcast, but it's true. It's the aspect of knowing like, Hey, I'm there supporting my clients and they're bringing the vision and we're kind of re refining it. But who is doing that for me within my business? That's where yeah. I think you're kind of coming into. Yeah. And I love the fact that you have your awareness. And how would you go about solving that problem? Do you have like specific people that are like, oh, you know what? When I feel like this, I should delegate it more to somebody else. Should I get a, uh, a consultant, a coach? Should I talk to my spouse? Like, how would you go about fixing that situation for you? So what I currently am doing and what I have done in the past, um, when I really feel like I'm sitting in the wrong seat there more is that. Um, I, I do have a specific team member that I do tend to um, bring her into my business a little bit more um, when I need that added support because I, I have an agency myself. So there are times when she is more client facing and doing other client work. Um, and I will bring her into my business more when I, when I really need to do that sort of stuff. And then I also do have um, a coach that I work with myself. So nice. um, I think that there's always a need for that added level of support. Um, that's going to help you get to where you want to go faster when you, you know, invest in it. So I love that. I love that. The fact that you have a coach, you have somebody you speak to, so you're able to refine that is just somewhere, like you said, that you have to kind of work on in that regard. So I love the fact that you have that awareness and you already have the steps in place and the people around you to support you with that. So, Anne, I mean, this was a great conversation. Before I let you go, I want to know uh, where can our viewers and listeners reach out to you if somebody's like, oh, you know what? This kind of resonates with me because my business is X, Y, and Z. I'm a bit overwhelmed. I feel like you could help me out. Where's the best place they could get in touch with you and your team? Yes. Yeah, so my website, hilltopoperations.com is uh, the easiest way to get in touch with me. There's a spot there where you can book um, just a call. I'm more than happy to have a conversation with people and um, just help them talk through if there's an area that they're having problems with, or if they just have any questions, um, they can always go there. And then on, on that main page, there's also a spot if anyone is interested in a, um, it's a, called a hiring playbook. It just kind of walks through some steps of um, going through that hiring process and then also has a few interview questions that may be a little different than what you typically would see for interview questions as you're bringing on people. I love that. And everything you mentioned will be in the show notes below. So definitely recommend it if you guys are interested to contact Anne. 
And let me just uh, finish off by saying thank you very much for being on our show. Truly loved our conversation. Keep on doing your phenomenal work. Thank you very much. It was such a great, great time um, chatting with you today. Likewise. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or intrapreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.